What is going on, Internet? Welcome back to another episode of Nerdy Nomicron. I am your host, Alex, a.k.a. Snurfin. Joining me today, of course, my two homies who are pretty much almost always here. Not a single one of them has ever been absent. Gold stars for perfect attendance to both of you. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, a.k.a. Synthetic. What up, man? Hello, hello. Or should I be calling you Synthetic 7S? Nah, I don't care. That's just like for the sake of of being able to keep the gamer tag is why those are even in there. Oh, I I thought it was because you're a few generations old. Because, you know, like the the iPhone 13 (laughs) is out and you're just the 7S. No, you might might be onto something here. You You might be, but I don't know. And of course, my other wonderful host, the Chungus Among Us, Ollie <laughs> the Vonstrosity. What's up, man? Hey, nothing much. <laughs> hey, he says, there is <laughs> such a delay between it's all like of this. Ten seconds. What the fuck? <laughs> That's okay. It's it's just your internet. One day you'll have better internet, and we won't have this problem. Anyways, moving on, we've got uh, some things we'd like to talk about. Um, We've got two weeks worth of Moon Knight to kind of unpack. We didn't get a chance to record last week. Uh, Someone was feeling under the weather uh, and we could not perform, but that's okay. We've got all the stuff you need to hear happening right here, right now, all on our way to Flavortown. Is that where we're going? Oh. Yeah, we're changing gears. I'm changing the show. We're just going to be a copycat <laughs> of Guy Fieri's Triple D. Mm. Yeah, we're not even going to talk nerdy bad. stuff anymore. We're just going to talk about food, deep fried everything, tacos. Is that, actually, is that actually how his last name is pronounced? Or you just put Fieri? like an Italian spin to it? I'm just putting the Italian. I'm just putting the you know that that kind of Italian spin on it. Is that <laughs> is that a problem? I've just never heard it like that. What's that? I've I've just never heard it, <laughs> it like doesn't that. Doesn't sound like a problem to me. Oh, that's how I've heard it. So this is why that's why I keep saying it that way. Oh, interesting. I could say Guy Fieri if you want, but that's like the American. Say it the right version. way, not the white way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Is he even Italian, though? Anyway. I mean, can you have a name like that and not be? Uh, yes. I mean, Ezio had a name like that. Right. <laughs> Ezio Auditore di Firenze. Close Boom. enough. Oh, maybe uh, Guy Fieri can that just means Ezio Auditore of, of Florence. And come out as Ezio. Ezio's a punk. He was great, but he's a punk. Hmm. Cassandra's better. Is that like a new assassin or something? Like a yeah, Odyssey. Character? Oh, okay. Is it still huh. Ezio Did at that you point? Play Odyssey? Or, or not no. Ezio, but is that still Desmond's DNA they're doing it off of? Desmond? No, Desmond Miles died after like the third the third game. No, I know, but they're using his like, DNA. Like, sacrificed himself to save the world. 
they're still I don't using. Think so it's a yeah. whole other people. Black Flag was they're not was, using his DNA. Yeah, Black Flag was his DNA. That was that was the whole point. Black Flag may have been, but that that was that not his last game. No, Desmond wasn't even or in Black Flag. Because like, Black Flag was like, well, hold on, that was the story of Kenway. Yeah. Who was the descendant? Not the descendant, but he was the father of Haytham. Yeah. Who then was the father of Connor? For yes. The third game. And Connor was so a I guess ancestor that kinda, of Desmond. That tracks. But they've stopped. Uh, I think they've in like the later games they've. Uh, they no longer use DNA from a person. They can pull DNA from objects. What the fuck? Really? Hmm. Yeah. But like the Animus is actually yeah. still so like in, in like the newer games. The, oh yeah. The ancient oh. w- wank stain of a rag or something. They'll just like, hey, like let's go and see this guy's life. I mean, yeah, that's pretty sound. He can, if he can pull DNA from it. <laughs> okay, whoa. A little bit of water, spritz that up. It's like Jurassic Park for historical figures. Oh, of course. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. We're they not don't even... cloning people, though. We're just visiting their past by way of their spooge. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that got away from us real quick we're not yeah. even five minutes where, in where were we going with this however because we're five minutes in what i've forgotten to do where we're going with this is real quick to get it out of the way since you folks don't really want to listen to it because nobody likes listening to advertising inside their podcast it kind of breaks immersion but we're going to put it here in the beginning so you can skip right past it it only takes a minute but i you know what have a listen have a quick listen Dio speakers are pretty cool the concept is pretty awesome you should definitely check them out link will be down in the description uh and um yeah three two one advertising As a podcast listener, you love to listen. So imagine if you could listen seamlessly throughout every room of your home, your office, your business, or even outside by the pool. With DL, you can. Connected through Wi-Fi, DL speakers provide a high-quality audio. No matter if it's music, podcasts, books on tape, you name it. I can walk in the front door, go downstairs in my basement, and then go all the way up to my bedroom and not have to worry about any adjustments to the audio. Dio speakers are so unique, they're actually compatible with other brand speakers. So you could have five Dio speakers all across your home, and you can add other brands of speakers that are compatible with Dio. The price of Dio speakers is actually 60% lower than an entry-level Sonos speaker. Installing the speakers takes less than a minute. You can play any audio from your Apple devices simply using AirPlay 2. So what are you waiting for? To use our discount, check out dioconnect.com slash blindknowledge. That's dioconnect.com slash blindknowledge. Dio, the way to go. Awesome, and that's it. Go check out Dio speakers. Cool stuff. And that's our, that's our one ad. That's our one little, little something something. We got that out of the way. Now, we've derailed long enough. At least three minutes worth of Assassin's Creed talk that has absolutely nothing with what we need to talk about. <laughs> and that's Moon Knight. Starting at episode three. Can either of you even remember what even happened in episode three? Yep. Good. Then you. you're starting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Brief overview of the episode. 
Um, Steven uh, is no longer in control of the body. It's, uh, it is just Mark. As Where we ended on the second episode was uh, Mark taking over and having an argument with Conchu about um, Layla. Right. And uh, from there, uh, they go to Egypt, um, trying to catch up to Arthur Harrow. In the process of doing so, uh, call upon all of the other gods to try and judge Harrow for um, his ideals and trying to bring back Ahmet. Uh, and by doing that, uh, basically gets told to go fuck himself. Uh, they don't care. And then yeah, because apparently Arthur Harrow is so goddamn charming. <laughs> he can lie straight to the gods and not a single one of them. Despite how outraged Khonshu is and vehemently uh, adamant about what's going on. They're like, nah, it ain't happening. It ain't happening. You should stop. You should stop. You're making a fool of yourself. Yeah. And Carry on. Like, he, he is definitely a very uh, charismatic character. But I think it goes deeper than that. Like I, I think that they were on his side already. I, I don't think it was a matter of them not believing, um, Conchu. You think, I think because that they of knew about it and they're they're oh. agreeing with him because they think uh, that like the world has gone too far and because they're just spectators, like they said. I think that they uh, that the gods believe that um, humanity has reached a point of like being out of control and okay. they can't you know deal with um with issues or like crime as they could before so they're willing to kind of hit a reset button here well that's an interesting yeah way to go about that yeah i mean like the gods can't do as much as they could back then because back then the majority of the world was like the mediterranean sea in egypt right and like they didn't have the the avatars going into like australia and north america like they do now so it's just like the world is a bigger place than it was back then so that makes sense like what do you mean like like they were just more contained before yeah, like it's easy for the gods of a certain area to watch over um, what humanity is when all they know of humanity is the area that they're in. Like, why did they just stay the Egyptian gods and why weren't they like, you know, like gods of around the world? Like, that's not a thing, right? Usually certain regions have their own gods. So like that kind of like I'm just saying well, that tracks like, that uh, they're Egyptian like, gods. Our Norse gods in Marvel are, you know, a, a, on a different like plane of existence. Like they, they're in a different dimension almost. Or well, I mean, there are a lot of deities that exist within the Marvel universe. Um, mm -hmm. Like we do yeah. have the Norse gods. Well, what's left of yeah. them? And now, anyway, confirmed that we're getting the Greek gods. Okay, so, well, that just begs the question. Sorry, when did that happen? The uh, Thor trailer. Who is Greek in the Thor trailer? Zeus. Zeus, Zeus is in it. Russell How Crow. did I miss that? When the He's fuck did that happen? a big lightning bolt. Like a metal, like a golden yeah. lightning bolt. You're a golden <laughs> lightning bolt. What the fuck? Thank you. Yeah, there was like a... Um, whatever. 
There was like a post I saw that was saying that there's some storyline in the comics where uh, the Greek gods all die except for Hercules. So Hercules and Thor become like good friends, and they're theorizing that Hercules. Yeah, but Hercules is, is wasn't gonna... a god. He was a demigod. Demigod, but I mean, well, they they were enemies for a while, and they have a lot of like encounters uh, against each other. But he's kind of like, um... I think he's kind of like a punisher type character like he's not a bad guy but he's not really a good guy but like he believes that his motives are good even though he, he's like his intention is not to hurt people i think so I thanos know that they, that they fight a decent amount in the comics <laughs> well, no, like, not, not quite like thanos hey he was like, a good guy theoretically <laughs> he was saving the entire galaxy yeah exactly from the birth of all of the uh when you look at it that way, so they're all, just all bad guys are good guys. Yeah, anytime you commit... But not all good guys are bad. <laughs> well, it depends on your definition right. of bad. I did that. It's subjective. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, while you guys are talking... Okay, I didn't know that that was supposed to be Zeus. I'm watching the trailer while... We're talking about yeah, this. and apparently it's Russell Crowe I mean, playing Zeus. Would be, Russell Crowe. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> you guys think he's gonna die? Before we Probably. Do you know who's gonna kill him? <laughs> well, that's exactly what I mean. Like, we uh, I think we're gonna see a lot of um, a lot of dead gods in that movie. No, agreed. I'm quite certain. Let's let's be real. Since you asked the question and opened that door, yes, I think Zeus is going to be one of the one of the sacrificed to Gore the God Butcher to yeah. perpetuate the story. I agree. And I think you can't have two Zeus, gods of lightning. But like, like that's what it's going to be, though, because when he kills them, he gets like a little bit of their power, does he not? I don't necessarily know how that works. I'm not very familiar with Gore the God Butcher. I'm not well learned. Um, Nathan could probably answer that question, and unfortunately for him, he's got to work. Otherwise, I would have had him on. Oh, what yeah. a scrub! Oh, well, yeah. another time. But we'll have plenty more I know. to talk <laughs> about in the way of Thor, uh, especially after like two weeks from now when we all see multiverse. Oh shit! That's coming soon. Oh my god! Oh, that's two weeks. I thought it was next week. Now I'm oh, disappointed. Man. No, it's like May fourth. Yeah, Sixth. it's May fourth. The sixth. Sixth May fourth. I thought Star it was the fourth because like they released it on Star Wars Day, and we were why complaining. They... And yeah, the, uh, I was wrong about that. That like, why wouldn't they just release a Star Wars show on Star <laughs> it... Wars Day? So well, they're releasing something with Boba Fett on Star Wars Day. <clears throat> um, what I was mixing it up with is May fourth is the Southeast Asia release. Of what? Oh. Uh, of okay. Multiverse of Madness. So of Doctor okay, Strange? Yeah. So May 6th is the North America release. Everywhere else in the world gets it. Whoa, 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 at, whoa. at least a day before okay. we do. Why does everybody else get it before us? That's ridiculous. What makes them so special? <laughs> I don't know, but... That's that's what well, I was seeing because can we can we change that because we want it more? Uh, 
I mean, I think honestly, MCU has started. That's to how have, that like, works, right? I think the MCU has started to draw like a bigger following in Southeast Asia, and maybe they just like filmed parts of it there. I don't know, and had some kind of deal that it had to release there earlier. Um, but I know a lot of people are happy about it. Like that's why I saw that post because um, a lot of people in the Philippines are are happy that it's releasing there like two days early because I think before they would get it like two well, days late. Good for them. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not, maybe I'm, I'm you jealous. should just launch it all at the same time for everybody. I mean, even Which would then, kind of hard because literally there are yeah. countries that are like a day ahead of us. <laughs> yeah but i see your point like make it make it a little bit yeah, more standard than that but yeah yeah it could it could also be a thing that like if the theatrical run is a little bit earlier in those countries then maybe they would have like a better they would have more time to get people into theaters because i know in australia when i was there uh nobody went to the theaters i saw one of the guardians of the galaxy movies like in an empty theater on like opening night in like a brand new giant movie theater, like IMAX, like no one goes to the movies there. So at least not the city I was in. So I, I feel like, yeah, it, it's like a, maybe it's a thing that just, if like you live in a tropical place, like you're not inside all the time and you're like actually going outside and enjoying the beaches. Uh, that's, that's kind of my sure, guess. If you're not but... like me and super fair skinned and half ginger and yeah. in the sun in less than three minutes. <laughs> but I mean, you know, um, I mean, natural selection would have prevented you Australians from like, this thing just... there. <laughs> well, right. Which is why I was naturally placed in Canada. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Where it gets cold and dark and pasty people like me can survive. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a it was a good Moon theater. Night, episode three. Empty. <laughs> yeah, let's go back to that. I think we got well, to talking I about don't the think gods. We were too far off tangent because I did want to ask you guys, um, considering like the the release of um, like multiverse and all of that uh, is so close to to the end of Moon Knight. Do we think that there's any possibility? Like, I know he's not in the in multiverse, but do we think? that due to the events of multiverse we're going to see something happen with these egyptian gods in relation to gore it's possible we see a mummy in the trailer don't we i mean there are gods missing from the from the uh from the pantheon or the ennead i should say i keep saying pantheon but that doesn't work for everything uh from the ennead when they all got summoned they were missing like three or four of them weren't they Oh, but we Something saw like in the that, next yeah. episode. And Tawaret appears at the end of episode four, who is not the same as the the god we thought she was in the uh, in the meeting zone. That was Yatzel, who was oh. not the god of goddess of oh, okay. fertility. It's a different one. Hmm. Yeah. So ta- yeah. Well, and we'll we'll get to that. But like, there are gods missing. Uh, and to be fair, we did see those other. What are they called? Upsh- upshati. Upshakti. Yeah. Well, that's that's yes, what I was going to say. Aren't they all just um, trapped there? It's possible. And now well, the question is. I mean, I, I don't know because like we we saw that some of them aren't, but 
I counted when that scene happened at the beginning of episode four, and there were there's a lot more episodes. than just four. <laughs> yeah, they they showed us ten. So I, I don't I don't really know, but like we saw the transition in the the court scene where uh, like that bald dude, um, uh, his god Horus. takes over his body, and same Horus with uh, same with the woman that was like trying to help Mark when he first got there. Like we we've seen a couple of them so we know that there are a few gods that are still around but i i'm very confused on on that wall of statues now well i mean all that suggests is that there are there's more than a handful of gods who are in the stone for various reasons that could just be like a a holding place like a well, statue do guys, prison like, do you guys think that they're even egyptian gods though i mean it's possible that they're not i'm almost leaning towards like some like some of them probably are but i don't think that all of them are because uh, i think it was you alex when we were doing the watch party you pointed out that another one looked almost identical to uh the one that Konshu was trapped in yeah looked exactly like it and it was so... to the bottom left yeah. Bottom left square of where Conchu's uh, Shakti was like, placed. Unless that's another, say it was like um, Conchu's aura from when uh, Harrow was the avatar, maybe. But I almost think it's more likely that it's a different god entirely, and maybe not even like uh, one of the lower tier Egyptian gods interesting i mean i couldn't get a good look at the face all i could make out was the the circular moon symbol that sits on the crest yeah but i think there are a few statues and a few gods and goddesses depicted with that kind of headdress so it's not just conchu who has it uh Tower-et is another one mm-hmm. well it's like ceremonial is it not sure like it's like there's a purpose for them wearing certain uh like pieces of uh of metals and jewelries uh because it's like symbolic of status and stuff. Well right, they're gods. Yeah. <laughs> they should be dripping in epicness. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and damn, for a hippo was she ever fucking drippy. She was drippy as that? fuck. Gold, <laughs> colored gold, the fucking yeah, the headdress. Yeah. Yeah. She pimping. She's straight pimping. Seriously. I'm, I'm not <laughs> quite certain that's a that's a mental hospital. It's probably a brothel. I do want to talk about that because I have a I have a theory on that later, but we'll we'll get to that um when we finish up with uh this like last part, I think. Or I, I want to talk about a couple things in episode three. Um yeah. first off the collector that's from Mandrapore. Do you guys know anything about his character from uh, like source material? Have we no, seen I... this person yet? Yeah, like the dude that's uh, like when they went to the big glass pyramid and they were trying to like match right. the symbols on those like uh, pieces of paper. That uh, was. That I don't know who he is, but he's he was a a collector of rare materials and like. Um, relics, and he was from Mandrapore. Right. I think I haven't really seen. He was. What 
the fuck was his name? Was that Mogart? Anton Mogart? I think so. Looks like I it. think so. I think um, Antoine. I don't know if they ever said his last name, but I think I think Antoine was his first name. I haven't seen him anywhere else. I don't know anything about that character in terms of any connection with Marvel stuff in general. But being from Madripoor, I'm thinking that there may be a link between him, Layla, and Sharon, the power broker. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I'm thinking, too. Like, I I don't know if we'll necessarily see uh, the power broker in this, but I think we might get some loose connections to her in uh, the context. We're two for two in terms of Falcon Winter Soldier Easter eggs. Yeah. First the uh, first the poster on the bus for the uh, I can't ever remember the goddamn name of that thing of that organization, and then just oh, the mere yeah. mention of Madripoor. Mm-hmm. So who knows? There was also a um, Kang it's reference. We might get something more out of that. Which, well, there was the Kang reference. Now, here's the oh, thing. Yeah. It is confirmed that that was the visage of Kang on the back of that guy's vest or denim jacket mm-hmm. and was purposely put there. Yeah. But why? Because in episode four, when they get to the tomb, that's not Rama Tut. That's Alexander the Great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So if Alexander the Great was the former avatar for Ahmet, why bother showing off? Like, was it just an Easter egg? Like, just a just like fan service? Hey, look, Ramatut, or like, are we connecting? I've like sat on that one. I've been starting to think that maybe he wasn't really related at all. Like. He he only had a statue placed inside of his mouth in the tomb. Like he was obviously dead when that happened. So, unless they, you know, decided they, that they wanted to um, trap Ahmed away and then killed him and buried them together, like that could have been a thing. But right. why would they? Why would they not just like, I don't know, put her. And, and like they said, he's a, a lost pharaoh. Like they they've never been able to find his tomb before. Right. So I mean, like there is something. Like especially if if say Rama Tut was the uh, the previous avatar for Amit, why would they put Amit's statue in Rama Tut's tomb? Well, right. Or why have Alexander the Great? Although Alexander the Great and Rama Tut have similar stories, they were not. Egyptian, and they both made themselves pharaohs. Right. So, is it possible? And they were both great conquerors, no pun intended. So, what if? And I think we we kind of talked about this briefly during the watch party. What if Alexander the Great was in fact just another variant of Kang, who then became Ramatut? Right. And I think we also, uh, like, before we ended the watch party, we were doing a little bit of uh, research to see if we could find any source material to kind of back up that theory. And could find nothing. 
Yeah, we weren't <laughs> able to find anything. But that said, like it's not out of out of uh, out of the question for them to take liberties with source material, especially when you can draw parallels like that. So right. I don't think it's. Uh, I think it's very possible that they could just replace, um, like Ramatut's identity with Alexander the Great, but still have it be more or less the exact same story. Right, or it's all one big giant misdirection. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we have also seen that in Hawkeye. So. <laughs> yeah, you, never, you really, you really never know. But I, I hope that it's not misdirection this time because I feel like that's just going to throw off pacing again. And with two episodes left, they really have to stay true to what they've been doing so far. Well, the show, like. It seems to like to flip us upside down and put us on our heads whenever whenever it feels like. Like, the show is so all over the place. And to be fair, I love it because of that. I love it because it keeps me guessing. Right. Like, you, we, you, we think we finally got something figured out and it's going to lead to something. And they're like, nope, plot twist. And they just pull the rug out from underneath you and we're left fucking falling on our asses going, what happened? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I feel I like... I agree with you to a certain extent because Loki did it really well. And I think that if they continued with uh, like that kind of formula, then we're in for a treat with these last two episodes. But yeah. Hawkeye also did the same thing with the opposite side of the spectrum where more than like half of the things that they seem to focus on were not actual issues like jack's character he was just like yeah. he's just a dude he's just a guy he's well he's the swordsman he's an actual marvel character yeah but still like it, we're oh there was nothing heinous about him he's the villain yeah uh, for the majority of the show only to find out in like a matter of five minutes that he's not and he's just fighting a bunch of bad guys and he's a <laughs> that we've been following for like five episodes is just was bullshit yeah, was nothing. That's, that's what my issue is, is that, like, they've shown us that they can keep us in the dark and still give us good endings and, like, good storylines, but then they've shown the opposite, where they keep us in the dark for so long that it just feels unimpactful. It's like, why Why did we delay the the knowledge of what this means when it has basically no value to the story? That we know of. I like okay. I feel like you cannot tell me that that watch is going to be more important later on. It won't because one hundred percent know for sure that it's not. Yeah, well, at least not in a Hawkeye season be. two because it doesn't there probably mean, won't be one. I, I don't think that it, it. Go ahead, Ollie. Oh, just saying that. I don't know if you guys heard that the that the way they submitted the entry for Hawkeye as in like the Academy Awards or something, apparently it fell into a category for shows that didn't, um, that that are limited series basically and don't get more than one season. So based on that, and I think Moon Knight is categorized the same way. So these are like one-off shows, even though they say season mm-hmm. one. So but these are just Hawkeye's like, not, not a limited series. Hawkeye's a... Proper series. I thought there Hawkeye was. Seasons. I thought Loki. No, but it hasn't. The... It hasn't been renewed. No, actually, it's the I think only. Loki was the only one that wasn't a limited series. 
I can't remember, but definitely Hawkeye and Moon Knight have come up in this like category or something that um, put it as a limited series. And as well, Hawkeye still hasn't gotten a renewal for any new season versus like all the other DC TV shows that have. So people are just saying that it's kind of weird that it hasn't been renewed and that it's been categorized that way so it's seeming like it was actually a limited series and they just didn't want to like spoil it by by saying that right away i don't know right but we are getting an echo show and that's already confirmed and uh, like i can imagine we'll probably see um matt murdoch and um kingpin in that even to like a small extent but I don't think I think you're right. I think that uh, that Hawkeye is just a limited series, and like we'll see him come back in films, but I don't think he'll be in his own like a, a season two of a show. Hmm. Sorry, I started doing some reading mm-hmm. um, about season two for Hawkeye, and a lot of things that are coming up is that it's probably not going to be renewed for a second season. And then I saw a a thing about how Disney has. Uh, classified it now as a limited series Mm -hmm. so good on you ollie so i mean all that really means is okay we're not going to get a second season but we're going to start seeing them show up in the mcu why introduce them if you're not going to use them yeah i think that they will use them but like i said like we already know that we're getting an echo show and i think it's going to be more or less a continuation of this with uh, of like what where Hawkeye ended, but with more flashbacks into her life um, when she was younger. I think I so. Think we're gonna see do you know what else? Characters come back. Yeah, I also think that we're probably going to see her relationship to Kingpin. Yeah, and they'll actually because he's like, not dead. Flesh that out. No, he's definitely not dead. Even without his fancy clothes, he could probably take, like, ten bullets or more. Yeah. Yeah, well, like, I I think I said this when we uh, were doing the episode for um, the One sec, you guys keep going. Yeah, no worries. Uh, There's quite literally a comic panel where this, uh, the events of the end of Hawkeye happen, and he gets shot in both of his eyes, and he lives. The fuck? (laughs) Like point blank range, he just gets shot in both of his eyes, and he yeah, like, yeah, the next that's right. Issue, he just appears later wearing bandages over his eyes. <laughs> nice, yeah, yeah. That's probably what they're doing. They're just trying to, you know, it, like something I'm noticing with a lot of these shows, and when what I wanted to say when you guys were talking earlier go. about how they keep, you know, it's easy to predict what might happen based on the events, but then they kind of like pull the carpet from under your feet and it's not what it actually seems i just think these are all ways that marvel is just trying to keep people on their tiptoes they're trying to they're trying to stay close to the comic material as possible but then that's like almost no fun for the writers to put their own um kind of like mix into things so they're trying not to stick like one-to-one with the comics and I think that's why, uh, to me, the idea of Alexander the Great being a Kang variant seems like a, a very something that could possibility happen. to me. Um, yeah. Is because they do like to take these small liberties with their writing to try and uh, set themselves apart from their source material, so it's not just a one-for-one one on every storyline. Well, right. Take Wanda Maximoff, for example. 
Right. Or the maximum but, of kids in general, actually, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, let's before we like go on too far into Moon Knight episode four. Do you guys have anything to say about the uh, finale of, or the final like scene of episode three where he's um, uh, changing the sky and then gets well, uh, it, no, it, but it I love the memes the that have been coming statue. from it. There was a pardon all. Just kind of cut out there. Oh, sorry. I I was saying that I I love the memes that have been coming out of that. <laughs> I can't what? say I've seen any of these memes, but I also oh, don't really? live on Reddit. <laughs> oh, I'm not like I'm I'm not talking about Reddit, dude. Like Facebook, you see memes and everything. Um uh, just a lot of memes were like uh Doctor Strange is like supposed to be the guardian of of the whatever it is, like Earth. Cosmos. Cosmos, uh... sure. And and he, you know that meme where it's just like that guy yeah, like yeah. waking up in his sleep and he just has like this strained face. Uh, it's just like that, and it's just like Doctor Strange being woken up by the whole fucking like s- skies moving like that. <laughs> and there's a whole bunch of other like spin-off the memes old, like, like that. Rage comic drawing face, you mean? No, not a rage comic. Now, do you think that happened all over the world? Oh, hundred percent. Or just in yeah. Egypt? It happened all over the world. Well, in in this last phase of the I MCU, think us, like different. Uh... In in the last phase of the MCU, how many like giant things have appeared in the sky? Like it, it, like that was the memes that was like coming out about it. Is like between um, uh, what was that celestial um. That was in Eternals. I keep forgetting his name. Erishem. Erishem. And then what happened with like, like WandaVision caused something in the sky too, technically, but I think that was more localized. But yeah, basically like all that, all that stuff that was going on in the sky. <clears throat> those, those were the memes that I'm referring to. Um, a lot of decent action this episode, like all the, the fighting that went on at that rich guy's house in the. What was that? Like a, they were doing some sort of horseback combat thing yeah. with like spears I, I and don't sticks. Know what it's called, but it's like jousting. Kind I was of. gonna say I was gonna say jousting, but I, I didn't. I didn't want to just like blanket term it. That's fine. Um, some sort of cultural jousting. Let's call it that. Yeah. Sure. Um. Pretty funny scene where he goes. Back and forth from Mark to Steven. Steven <laughs> changes to Mr. Knight and tries to talk everybody down. He's like, it's all just chill the F out. And then he gets fucking speared like eight times. And it's like, take it back. Take the body back. Take it back. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love that part. <laughs> like, Steven, bro, let Mark do all of the grunt work. You can do all of the nerd work. You're a squint, not a freaking mercenary. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a lot of there was a lot of buzz online weeks back when when this episode aired talking about um what Conchu did with the sky, and a lot of people were convinced 
that he just turned back time. And it wasn't Stupid. that. He was just displaying the sky from, from years ago. He didn't actually fuck with time. You don't fuck with time. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't... We he's saw a, him he's just the, simply change the sky earlier in this episode, too, where he called right. the gods. And, like, it didn't affect anything. It didn't all of a sudden become nighttime, and then it was like another day cycle began. It was right. just changing it so that they would take notice and be like, what the fuck are you doing? What do you want? <laughs> right. But he knew what was going to happen. He knew it right away. As soon as he did that, that uh, they were they weren't even going to ask questions. They were just going to pretty much imprison him. Yeah. Um, pretty cool though to see all that go down. Some nice effects. Um. Other than that, though, like yeah, it was a pretty. It was actually a really good episode. The third episode. And I know we didn't really get too in depth with it, but it was. Wasn't really much more to go on. He's in Egypt. He's tracking Harrow's people. Oh, we did, however, gloss over the uh, possibility of a third altar for Mark Spector mm-hmm. that we haven't been seeing yet. Yeah, I think I might have zoned out at that scene. What um, happened? Well, while he's being Mark and he's tracking tracking down where Harrow is and he's fighting he's, he has like that night that knife fight with those guys yeah mm-hmm. where we see the the uh the Ramatut insignia and all that yeah. he keeps phasing in and out and then he keeps seeing Stephen talk to him and he keeps saying something along the lines of no not again like you 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 keep going too far and he's like what are you talking about and i think uh, in one last scene, he fucking spaces out after getting hit from behind, and he wakes up, and he already has a knife in the guy. Yeah. And he's just straight up killing people. He's not even getting getting questions answered. He's just murdering motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking that this is the possible possibility of, of Jake Lockley, who before, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, or before last week, rather, I didn't realize was his most violent personality. I would have yeah. assumed Mark Spector was. And that's because I didn't read too far into his actual bio because I know Marvel uh, Marvel Studios does take liberties with source material. So I was like, I'm not going to bother learning every little detail about, pardon me, about his life if they're just going to, if they may change things, right? Right. And at that point as well, like we were pretty uncertain about if we were even going to see a third personality um, because they hadn't really given us much um, until that point. And like only about when, when he finally does kill that guy and then comes back as Mark is the only time that you kind of realize that this might potentially be another personality. Cause like the first dissociation we can assume that it's probably Steven because he ends up back in a taxi going to the airport. And then he sees the, the guys that he was just fighting with on the roof, just like walking around and they're fine. Right. So we can assume that that one was Steven taking over the body just to try and get out of there. Right. And he gets caught up in the fight again as he's just trying to talk to them, but they don't understand. And then he dissociates into uh, Lockley and just, fucking kills like two of them <laughs> yeah yeah it's interesting uh, i mean we don't really get much more on that 
in episode four. Might as well segue into it. Um, Although, I mean, I kind of feel like we do. And I'll get to this a little later when we're kind of talking about the end of the episode where... Well, that's I where, like I, was gonna, that's where I was going to go. Mm-hmm. Because we don't but get much more like on it can, otherwise. We have things to talk about before that. Because, like, there is a decent amount, um, especially in the tomb. Like, aside from Alexander the Great, there's a lot happening in that tomb. Yeah. Like, undead Heka priests. Yeah. Or, well, one priest. Or was there more than one? Was it just the one? I presume more than one. They were. I mean, like, they like, said that there were shit. six, and we saw a bunch of bodies of, like, ones that the Heka priests had killed that were then put in those, uh, like, standing open faced sarcophagus. Oh, yeah. right. Like, lining the walls. Right. Um, no, those were. They, like, they mentioned that there were typically six that would guard a tomb, but we only saw the one. Um, and they seemingly went through the whole tomb, so I, I'm, I'm not sure. Or not I, if there's if there was more in there. Not. From what from what I understood, ahead, the those open upright coffins were what was originally mummified, like all those thousands of years ago. They were like sacrifices um, previous or whatever. I think I think there were six, and that was what all the gunfire was in the tomb that they heard earlier. And that they just encountered the sixth one that hadn't been killed. Because the other thing that struck me is, how was it all these mercenaries with guns had issues killing one priest when Layla was able to kill it? You know, like, not mm. easily, but she yeah. was able to get rid of it. So I, I just don't see that there weren't six. I think there were at least more than one. And that that sixth one just happened to have killed a few of them and started to... Uh, right, mummify them, and that's that's where exactly where I was going to go with it, with all the gunfire. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's pretty nuts, though. Like just out of nowhere, a, f- <laughs> a fucking hecka priest just killing people and mummifying them. That's messed up. Yeah, like have we really seen dope, seen though. Before, though? Have we really seen like a horror thing in in the MCU? No. Um. I don't think so. Well, multiverse is supposed to kind of tiptoe into that direction. Yeah, I mean, it was supposed to be a um, full-on like think... rated R horror, wasn't it? Or not rated R, but oh, I don't remember. But I remember them, them I know putting Morbius like a... was supposed to be was supposed to be an R-rated horror movie-ish, and then that got flip-flopped, flippy-flop. The bitty foot flopped. I bet that's just for press. Wasn't it like PG thirteen by the time it came out? Yeah, yeah. There. (laughs) I mean, there was there was gore in the movie. It just wasn't like noticeable. But yeah. I mean, it was nice to nice to have that creepy touch. I thought it was kind of kind of awesome. And you know, like you know, Marvel Studios and Disney, they'll they'll never show you people getting fucking sliced open and have their innards ripped out directly because that's then they'd have to rate it higher than pg unless they're aliens um, and then you don't have to depends. worry about that it's like i, I get right, the feeling yeah. they want to bring the punisher in but i also get the feeling that they want to do it right and that is very likely going to require uh, a hefty rating on it or they can uh, team him up with like Blade, 
and Black Knight and whatever and have them fighting not humans with not red colored blood. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, way I, the way I see them introducing someone like Still, they, they Punisher, have to bring them in first. Like we we've seen very little introduction to most of these characters, so one of them has to have a standalone movie at least before we get a team up of some kind. And I think it would make sense for it to either be Punisher or Blade <laughs> to have their standalone movie. I don't know. But Here's they need to reintroduce Punisher to the MCU. I think. I don't know. Here's where I kind of disagree with that is like I was looking at Disney Plus the other day and I was looking at all the phases and all the all the one off movies they've had to introduce people. And then I noticed that like, oh, and, you know, Avengers, that was the first time we saw Hawkeye. That was the first time we saw Hulk, you know, not counting the Incredible Hulk. And same with Black Widow. First time we saw Hawkeye was in Thor, sir. Yeah. first. Time uh, I don't remember that. Was that the first Thor? Oh, it was. Yeah. When he was first coming to get the hammer, right? <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, yeah. Okay, Black Widow. I think that was the first time we saw Black Widow in in Avengers. Iron Man 2. <clears throat> yep. Iron Man 2. <laughs> oh, you're right. You got another Wait, one? That's what I mean. <laughs> they require, not all of them require their own standalone movie first, but we need yeah. a couple of them to be introduced in a way so that we're not getting like all four of them. Okay, but here, here's here's my uh, yeah, but to have their own standalone. But here's my other point: is like if you just keep making these standalone movies with how far into the MCU you are you're going to start losing a lot of people in the story. If you just keep making these movies left and right, people are going to be like, how does this connect? Because the, the, the whole infinity saga took like a decade to make, but that was because like the first two and a half phases, each movie was coming out like maybe once a year. It was like once every two years at first. And it took a while to build up to that. But now they're literally dropping movies like three or four in a year. If they start just making standalone movies for every single like noteworthy character, I think it's going to get like really diluted and it's going to be really hard to say this character's powers is different from that one. And this is why they're also just starting to make some characters in TV shows because they realize that they're, that they're just going to be di- like drowning out their audience with way too much content. So I think going forward in the future with certain characters, I don't I don't think it's going to be such a bad thing if they introduce things like the Punisher in like Dark Avengers or whatever it is. Like if if they write it good, then like I don't care that it doesn't get their own standalone. They could even do it where they're introduced in a in a group thing, kind of like how Wanda was, and then she got her own standalone um, movie or slash TV show, I guess, is what she got. You know, like something like that. Because, yeah, I just, I don't think we're going to have to wait as long as we did with Infinity War to get another big MCU event to happen. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see something by Phase 5. It's just, if with the rate they're bringing out movies every year, like, I don't think we're going to wait a decade. I think it's going to be two or three years. And, yeah, like just making too many standalone movies I mean, and then I, on top I, of that sequels for ones from. that already I agree exist with you for sure I, i'm just you... saying like i don't think that every one of those characters should have their own standalone i don't think 
uh, the Black Knight needs a standalone because we've already had him introduced as a side character in Eternals. And yeah. I think uh, the Punisher and Blade are who I would pick for standalones. One, uh, the Punisher, I think, needs to be shown that like he's being introduced to the MCU and that it's not just like a loose connection because Matt Murdock was in the Punisher for like a couple episodes. So I think that they need to have him in either his own show or his own movie just uh, to tie him into actual MCU events. And they need to have a Blade standalone because it needs to introduce um, a new type of enemy that they're fighting in a way. Like something that we haven't seen before in the MCU, but we need to have an introduction to like why this team needs to be built. And I think the Blade mm-hmm. movie is the movie that would do that. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. But yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, especially at the rate that we're getting movies now, I don't see it being any more than five years before we get our next Infinity War level event. You think it's going to be that short? Oh, yeah. I I agree with Ollie completely. Like, he's right in saying that there were maybe, like, a movie a year for the first, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say until Guardians. Uh, the first Guardians came out before we started seeing yeah. multiple Marvel releases <clears throat> in the same year. And from there, it was relatively quick for them to get to um, the actual Infinity Saga because we got, uh, you know, Avengers, the second Avengers movie right after that. And then that gave us more context to like the Infinity Stones and everything with Vision. And then we got direction from there. But I think Multiverse is going to be where we get our direction from. And then maybe, like, this time next year or, like, springtime next year, uh, we might actually get the first, like, trailer or something for the next Infinity War type movie. Yeah, I agree. So, in in what movie do you think we're going to actually see the culminating event start unfolding? I think Ant-Man. I think Multiverse. Oh, well... I don't know, dude. I'm thinking multiverse. No, multiverse for sure is like, what's going to set it I off. Think multiverse simply because of Thor. And like the, the the fact that they're waiting so long <laughs> to give us anything substantial about Thor makes me think that multiverse is going to change the landscape of the MCU uh from like here until they finish with whatever this storyline is. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I totally see Multiverse being that movie to start it all off. But I think Ant-Man in Quantumania is going to be another big like stepping stone towards it. Like I think that one is going to be akin to like mm-hmm. this phase is uh hmm. Civil War or Avengers Infinity War almost. And then whatever comes after that will be like the end game thing. That's that's what I'm kind of expecting from that movie. Okay. I, mean, I could definitely see that, but I I do think that like that movie almost does have the potential to be uh, Infinity War, and then whatever like it has happen is going to be uh, what leads into our Endgame level event, but. I just it, it's, it just entirely depends on like what they want to do with Kang, I think. And that is the underlining factor in all of this right now, is that we know he's going to be in that movie from the posters. And we've seen hints at him a lot here in Moon Knight. 
So right. I, I don't know. It just depends on what, uh, like what level of, uh, of villain they intend for him to be, I guess. I think they're just going to introduce Apocalypse in Moon Knight. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. Why? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was just going to... Well, I mean, like, if you had a theory to back it up, by all means, but... Well, I mean, they're in Egypt. I don't Apocalypse was, was... Oscar Isaac can do can do both. Well, he can do three characters in Moon Knight. A... Well, right. So he's already got three. How many more do you need to give the man? <laughs> well, one more can hurt. How much hurt. more money do you think he needs? They would have to pay him stupid amounts of money to do that. <laughs> we need you to be four people. Three of which yeah. are in one body. The other one requires an entirely new wardrobe and 16 different hours of makeup. Yeah, you're not wrong, but... Can't at, go. At the rate that MCU <laughs> is getting actors to play one-off characters, let alone big-name characters, they're going to run out of Hollywood people to use. We're going to get to a point where they're going to be using people in the MCU that like have just basically are like fresh off the boat kind of thing. So, I mean, I don't think it's too big of a stretch. Sure, I'm not really serious about is, this theory. When are we but... going to finally see... When are we going to finally see Arnold in the MCU? <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen, man. You don't Arnold think so? Well, Dude, they put play? Stallone in the MCU. Come on. Who who would Arnold play? Arnold? He could play anybody. Oh. Some one-off character like fucking... Galactus. What about Galactus? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I'm going to eat your planet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that would, that would actually be great, though. <clears throat> I'm so hungry. <laughs> I think that's a really good impression. Yeah. That... <laughs> Tweet that out. Uh, <laughs> anybody. Like, if, if Stallone can be a, a one-off character in, in Guardians of the Galaxy, why can't Arnold be somebody? I mean, yeah. If they're, making, if they're making fucking eyebrows like into... <laughs> fucking Adam Warlock. They can make Arnold someone. Iron Fist. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> right. Arnold, I mean... Arnold can't. Okay. I didn't say they can make him into anyone. I said they could make him into someone. That's there's a there's a big difference. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. That's all I'm saying is when. When are we going to get Arnold in the MCU? Like sometime before the man croaks, right? Yeah, I mean, have we oh, had a discussion yet about people we want to like see? 60s now, isn't he? Yeah, late sixties sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Let's open that up. Who would you want to see in the MCU? Oh fuck! I feel like I had someone in mind the other day. Okay, I was waiting for. I was waiting for all you guys. You, you can go ahead. No, you guys go first. Like, well, I don't know. No, Ollie, this was your this was your your thing. You said it first. Oh, I wasn't saying so that I we should talk about it idea. now. I wasn't saying we should talk about it now. Otherwise, I think we I, need to go. I think we need I, to go back to episode four because we still got shit to talk about. <laughs> yeah. No, let's go to episode four. If I think of something in that time, I'll, I'll mention it. We'll come. We'll come back to this. All yeah, right. we'll come back. Put a pin in that grenade for now. 
Um, where did we, where did we leave off? Uh, we had just been talking about the Hecka priest. Right, Hecka priest. Right. Um, I don't even know where to go with this. It's <laughs> like there was as much as a lot happened in that episode. There wasn't a lot to really get through. It was kind of very straightforward. Oh, pardon me. Kind of straightforward. Mm-hmm. They uh, yeah have that totally. one scene in the desert where Layla apparently um goes fucking <laughs> Rambo on those two guys in the truck and like uses the flare to set off <laughs> spare bullets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of hokey. And then at the same time when she's like when she's crouched behind that whatever that is, was it a statue or a rock or whatever, while it's happening, she wasn't actually behind the rock. She was fully exposed and could definitely have taken a bullet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Just putting it out there. <laughs> yeah, I found that scene a yeah, little outlandish, little but weird. you know, it's a comic book thing, so I'll I'll let it slide, but I agree. Also, like I Yeah, I, I understand that, you know, the fate of the world is at stake right now. So they need to act fast to get things going. But I really think they should have fucked off to go free Conchu. So he could fight because yeah, Mark can fight, but it didn't exactly <laughs> pan out for him. Um, <laughs> as we see later in the episode, but that was, uh, yeah, that was my my biggest gripe is why not just go go get your guardian spirit so you can go kick some ass. But had they done that, actually nothing would have changed. Yeah, <laughs> would have been I mean, would have been quite a waste of an episode. No, I don't I don't think it would. They they would have been they would have been too busy off at the temple freeing Conchu, while Hera and his men would have stormed oh that's the tomb, and they would have taken they would have taken. Oh, yeah, upshot yeah. anyway, and they would have gotten away. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Either way, as it stands at this particular moment, the outcome is the same. However, Mark wouldn't have been shot. Right. And uh, before we get to that, um, you uh, you guys remember the scene where uh, Arthur is talking to Layla, like, across the uh, the castle? I was going to come to that, yeah. And like they they kind of just rehash that conversation that he had briefly brought up the last time those two came face to face about how uh Mark is hiding things about her past from her that he had done to right. kind of make her the person that she is and, drops and they the just truth keep bottom. like they just keep dropping hints at stuff like this and then every time we leave that scene of Arthur telling her these things we just get like we get more or less just turned away from the idea entirely. Like it's it's just a one and done kind of thing where Mark is just telling her like, no, I didn't do this. He's lying to you. And then that's the end of it. Well, I mean, what he had said was that he didn't kill her father, but he was there when it happened. And it was his partner who killed everyone, including himself. His partner also shot him in the back. Yeah. And that is how, like, it was a really, quick way to <laughs> to open up uh moon knight's origin i guess of how how mark became 
one with Khonshu. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I I would prefer to actually see that go down. I want to like who was his partner? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah that's what I, I was like curious about too. For that flashback to happen since the first episode. I think it's that Duchamp guy that was in his phone. Yeah, probably. I mean, he's like a, his partner in the comics, right? In the like, comics, right? Something like uh... that. Right, so it'd be interesting to see if we get any more on that. I don't know that we will. Well, yeah, that I was I brought that up during the uh, try. I brought this up during the uh, watch party, but that whole conversation between Arthur and Layla gave me the theory that Layla's dad is. um, Oh, what was my theory? Now was a famous archaeologist. Yeah, the famous archaeologist had something to do with Khonshu or something like that. And that my theory going forward is that Layla is going to be, is going to end up being like the avatar of Amit by the end of the show. Because she seems like she's probably someone important. Like maybe she's descended from someone like Alexander the Great or whatever. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of the vibe that I'm getting is that even like Arthur, she's a even, Kang variant. Oh, that could be interesting, <laughs> but no, um, what is it? Yeah. Even con well in episode at the end of episode two, when, when Conchu was just like, yeah, Layla will be my next avatar. Uh, and you know what we initially think is like, oh, he's just kind of using that against, um, against, Mark Spector slash uh, Steve. Mark for leverage. Yeah, Mark for leverage. But I feel like that's a red herring, yeah. especially since Arthur Harrow is feeding him, is feeding Steve or Mark things about uh, how Conchu always tells you there's one more job, there's like one more thing, and like he always lies to you and whatever. So I feel like we're getting a little bit too much information in that direction, and that's kind of pushing me away from thinking that. And I think that. Um, there's actually something maybe that that we don't know about Layla, and I think that her character is a little bit more important than we think she right. is. Well, you did call the you did call the red herring in Hawkeye with Jack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, right now your record is perfect. Huh. I'll take it. So is that your prediction? I that that is my prediction. Yeah, I think Layla. Um, will be more important and that she will be Amit's avatar by the end of the show. Interesting. Do you think uh, Do you think we'll actually get a full conclusion at the end of this, or do you think it's going to be like, and now who knows what can happen? We'll leave it up to the fates of the MCU. <clears throat> mm, I think we'll get a conclusion. Uh, well, a little bit of both, I would expect. I would expect something to have a ramification in the MCU, especially since, aside from these little Easter eggs of like, of of things that happen in the other shows, we don't have anything to actually connect it to the MCU as like a, a whole, like any direct um, tie to the events of any movie or show. You know, it's just been those little background right. things. Do you do you think? <clears throat> And, Do and you for think all Layla I... as the avatar of Amit is gonna is gonna create a super group, like a mm-hmm. villain group. No, 
No, I, I, th- I personally, I think Layla's going to die by the end of the show. I think that that's what's going to have to end up happening to trap the Avatar or something like that of Amit. I think that's how they're going to have to stop it. Um, see, and now I think, that I can 100% see. I can, I yeah. can get behind that. Yeah, so... And that would be a turning point for Mark. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's going to be something kind of and that'll like be that. like his reason to stay moon knight to stay with Kanshu. yeah and i think and i think arthur harrow is going to change his mind by the end i don't think he's gonna stay on amit's side i think i think he's a little bit too smart you think he's gonna he's gonna flip-flop yeah i think i think he's wise i think he's gonna realize that he's just being played by gods and that um yeah i I don't know what's going to happen with him, if he's going to, like, sacrifice himself somehow, or just straight up be like, I was led to believe this, but, like, I don't believe it anymore. Redemption arc. Yeah, but I think he's going to have, like, some kind of redemption well, I mean, arc. Is it going to be a real redemption arc, or is it going to be that he became angry because Layla was chosen to be the avatar of Amit and not him? Could be something like that, Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to start, it's like... It's not a proper redemption arc. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's fair. But, like, either way, I think he's going to turn sides, is basically <laughs> the, what I'm saying. That's I don't what wanna... we in the business call a temper tantrum. <laughs> no, really? I, I've never heard that. But, yeah, I, 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 I'm not going to try to, like, I've write the story. Temper tantrum? Well, not in this context. Um... I've never, yeah, I, I like, I don't want to just, like, start filling in blanks, but I'm just saying, like, I think those are going to be the main themes, is that Layla's going to become Amit's avatar, and I think Arthur Harrow is going to uh, change sides. Hmm. Would yeah. be interesting. I don't know. I think uh, I think Harrow's in it for the long haul. I think he's gonna definitely be a baddie right to the very end. But to, like I like I was saying, to support your theory of of Layla being something extra special, I think what would happen is he becomes jealous of her being chosen, um, and to spite on it, goes to fight up against her. Uh, and dies. Yeah, I easily, guess. I guess he has. Was it episode one where he said that he was going to be Amit's avatar or something like that? Or am I wrong? And he's never explicitly stated that he wants to be Amit's avatar. He, he. Right, and and not as it ever really. All that alluded that he was going to be Amit's avatar. He's just going to free Amit from her shackles. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I like, half expect him to just get judged by her when she returns and get killed, like right there. Sorry, what? <clears throat> I half expect, like, when they do revive Amit, that she's just going to judge him, like the way that he's been judging other people, uh, with like that staff and her power and all that, and he's just oh, gonna shit. die, like right there. Oh, I don't God. think she needs the staff, but I like the way you think, no, sir. No, like she would, she wouldn't need the staff, but that, like. I just mean that I think she's going to uh, kill him, like the second right she gets she comes him. back. That fucking, I mean, like we've seen that kind of shit go on in in movies before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Raiders of the Lost Ark, Ghostbusters being one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
uh, okay. Ghostbusters was it Afterlife? Uh, when when Gozer returns, mm-hmm. yeah, and that old guy who's been sitting in that glass coffin <laughs> just just eats it. <laughs> oh man! I, well, I don't know the the way I see. I mean, Arthur... it's a it's a it's a fun trope. Yeah. I, I think the way I see Arthur Harrow's character is I think he's a bit more I, I give him a bit more credit than that. I don't think he's gonna be so um short that he's not chosen as the Avatar, and I don't think he's gonna be so easily just killed off as soon as he reaches his goal and frees Amit. Like I you know, he has a tattoo of the scales and he has Amit's staff or whatever it is. I I think he more so personifies balance, and without balance, there is no good or bad. So I don't think his character is kind of, like, suited for that role of just being the bad guy who, who like, wants to be a bigger bad guy by following the even bigger bad guy's, you know, like, steps and instructions or whatever. Like, I think there's a lot more to his character, and I kind of give him a bit more credit than that. And I think he's wiser than to just blindly, like... I don't know. I mean, the reason that I think what I do is because I think that this we're gonna uh, come to a hard close at the uh, at the end of episode six. Like, there might be a cliffhanger pertaining to a different character entirely, but I think they're gonna end it off with like a full conclusion. Yeah, could be, could be. Yeah, but I yeah. Either way, I don't expect Arthur Harrow to bite the bullet at the end oh he's not I don't know, he's not gonna make it there's no way he's yeah, toast I, don't, I think he's gonna die for sure just like I don't know how I expect it to happen but based on their pacing I half expect it to be quick and then like he's done away with and then they have a bigger problem to deal with I don't know. I think there's a bigger theme of rebirth God, in this series. So. I don't know. Yeah, I just... I, I, I get the opposite vibe, well, but we'll see what happens. Right. Before we get anywhere further, let's... Uh, I want to talk about the end of this episode. I want to talk about where Mark and Stephen end up. You know, like, so he gets shot, falls into the water, and then goes into this, what one could only describe as purgatory. But, like, what is he doing there, and why are both of his, two out of three, anyways, alters personified also there? Mm-hmm. And, like, what's going on in there? And, like, everybody in that one room, because... Um, like that main living room like the guy who's calling bingo numbers is the golden man who I can't remember what his actual character name is but is part of Moon Knight um, and then you see like the two cops that came to his apartment in London and Layla's there and like everybody everybody oh. is seeing and I honestly thought they were trying to go with the is it real or all in his head trope. Like, Yeah, I got that vibe too. Right. Uh, the, the only thing I can really 
Right. The only thing I can really compare it to, and I don't expect either one of you to have seen it because it's a little before your time. Well, not before your time. Try me, fool. Yeah, was from Buffy the Vampire Slayer back in the day. Oh, I've seen parts of it. There's an episode. There's an episode where she's phasing in and out of a dream dream state reality where on one side she's actually in a sanitarium, torium, terium, torium, torium. She's in the nut house, asylum. That's the word I'm looking for. She's in an asylum and being treated and she thinks that you know, she's a vampire slayer and that's not actually the case. Um, so like I got a lot of heavy vibes from that. But I mean this this trope's been used in so many different shows and, and movies before. So like um it's very familiar to me. And I thought that's where they were gonna go until they started unfolding more and more. And I'm like, oh no, this isn't this isn't made to make us think that. It's made to make the character think that. It is made to make Steven or I think it was Mark who woke up. No, Steven. No, it was Mark. It was Mark, yeah. Because he released Steven the season the afterwards. Right. So it was made to make Mark think that. But you could see all the things that were straying out of out of out of line there. And now I'm wondering like where exactly is it that he is that he's seeing all this? Who is making him see this? So uh I want to weigh in here because this is what I was alluding to a little earlier. Um I've seen, now that I've seen a whole bunch of just, like, still shots of that scene and the, the place setting, yeah. it looks very similar to their base back in London in episode two. Just, like, refurbished entirely. And I think it's it most is. noticeable in the scene where he's talking with Arthur, like, one-on-one. Uh, and then we have those pillars uh, in the doorway behind him. With right. like a different color and like style of wall around those, and then a much more modern like plain white wall on the other side lining the room, right. um, and it just like it, it really looked to me like a refurbished version of that place. And like I don't think uh, I don't think it's exactly there. I don't think they're back in London all of a sudden, um, but. I also still am not convinced that it's like a physical place. And that's mostly because of Steven also being there the way he is. Well, like right. The gods being in a physical form as well. So I, I don't think, I, I don't think um, like what he's seeing is real necessarily. I think he's, uh, his mind is taking pieces and like people and places that he's been and shaping it to kind of like uh to show that it is kind of like a purgatory but this is maybe uh like maybe all of the patients at this hospital are previous avatars that have just they've had their personalities or their psyche just absolutely destroyed by the fact that they have a god living within their body as well you think every single person there has has been an avatar for a god? That's my theory yeah, as well. Like all the ones that were actual like patients, and including think, like, Layla and no, 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 no. Like those people are all just people from his life. Same with the cops oh, and all of that. Okay, just sorry that I misunderstood. Right, but all of like himself and uh, all of the other people that were uh, playing bingo, um, or uh, just like I don't know, zoned out in. Uh, and they were in there as like patients of the asylum. I gotcha. think those people are all just really like 
fucked up and distraught um, versions of previous avatars that have either uh, died or they all just go to this purgatory because they, like, with a god-level being in their body, they can't really die necessarily after uh, after the life ends. Interesting. Um, who runs it then? Like, I how... You think Steven does? Mark, yeah. Mark, right. Uh, I think, so my theory is that he's been here once before when he was first killed by his friend, but he doesn't recognize oh. it because that's when Mark was, or Steven was initially created. And now that it's happening again, I think this is where we're going to see Lockley finally, like, uh, actually show himself. And... Uh, like part of episode three, I think backs this theory up with him dissociating uh, to neither Mark or Steven and killing those people. Right. Um, but also the fact that we see another sarcophagus with somebody very clearly inside trying to get out, but neither of them know who it is. Right. So uh, to me, like the moment that they leave the sarcophagus is the moment that they recognize the other personality existing within them. Okay. That's fair. Hmm. See, one thing... I, uh, I definitely <clears throat> agree with that third sarcophagus. I do think that that is his third altar. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, well, one thing that I don't think is... So if we agree that that third sarcophagus is, in fact, his third altar... I think that that means that those bingo players aren't other avatars because if everyone there is an avatar, why would he know avatars that he's never known, but he won't know avatars that share a body with him? Like, you know what I mean? So that's, that's why I say that I think um, everybody else, like the doctors and uh, like the security staff and everything that we see there are all just faces that he recognizes. But this is like a purgatory specifically for avatars because they can't, uh, they can't pass on to proper death when they die. They have like a piece of, of these gods residing within them. And like, we know that Mark was already brought back to life by Khonshu. So to me, this purgatory is more like a, it's more like a placeholder for their spirits and their bodies until maybe a god needs them and calls upon them. But they're not like dead because they can heal themselves with the power that they have from these deities. Interesting. It's just a matter of like whim on the god's part on whether or not they want to reinvigorate these previous avatars where did you uh come up with that how did it just pop in your head as an idea or like yeah it's it's honestly like i've just kind of been thinking about the way that uh the episode ended and to me it only makes sense for this to to happen because we see this uh hippo goddess at the end so To me, that that not only shows that this isn't real life, because we've never seen a god take physical form um, outside of the host being able to see it, um, but we've also never had like a proper one-on-one with another god. Uh, it's always been like half host, half god jumping back and forth. Right. And just the fact that that 
amongst everything else that we see, this, again, is just a completely unrecognizable face, just like all of the other patients at this asylum. Huh. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I don't... Yeah, I, I, I feel like there's a lot Where going, going on. Where are <laughs> Huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, sorry. Yeah. I love, yeah. No, I agree with that sentence. Is like I don't know where the end of that episode is going, and like I am kind of stumped for theories on it because I kind of agree. There's elements of like everything that you guys have been mentioning that I think that there's an element of the show that we don't know yet that's going to get explained in episode five that puts that all together. So, yeah, it's just mm-hmm. curious. Any, any thoughts on what that element could be? Well, for one thing, I think that, you know, when we saw, what was the word for the thing Conchu was trapped in again? Um, Upshakti? Yeah, and in that scene, you said that to the bottom left, there's another one that looks exactly the same as his. Well, in that scene, there were like, what, like 10 of them or something? So I I feel like it's not necessarily that those are prior altars or whatever that died i think that those are ones that have been trapped by the other gods or something like that and that we're seeing some kind of like power play between the gods i don't know that's just my wild theory with it that i think everything in that purgatory is trapped what do you mean like what do you mean In, in the sense of the uh like the people that are at the asylum like you think that they they've been in prison there because they're spirit like their god had been sealed away from them and then they died uh both of them the avatar and the god would be trapped so i think conchu is going to be in there and he's going to find conchu because the the ward he walked the ward he was in was for all the avatars and the humans and then he escaped went through a hallway and went into a ward where the gods presumably are so i think that he's going to find conchu well, how do we know that they're not running the place? Because my like, theory what if is she's like a not a warden, but but like an orderly. Well, my theory is that she's one of the ones trapped in the other uh, statuettes or whatever they are, towerette. Right. To me, like that actually does make a decent amount of sense because if if say for example, like you were saying, Alex, if it was. The, the rest of the Egyptian gods that were kind of uh, in charge of this place, then what's the, what's the purpose of Arthur being there? And, like, I suppose, it could just right. be a familiar face, but the, the interaction that we had between them, like, I don't know. He, he retained a lot more of himself than any of the other characters that, that we had briefly been introduced to in this asylum. And right. I can't help but feel like that that has to mean something. Whether it's actually him or not, or it's just like Mark's uh, psyche creating this person to help him deal with what happened. I feel like his character being there and being so present has to mean something. And I, I, I can agree with Ollie for that alone, that like maybe maybe he has more control over um like his previous powers than we expect him to or 
it has to do entirely with the fact that he's potentially working with the rest of the uh, the still present um, uh, gods. Of, gods. Like Horus. Uh, you said that guy's name was, right? Right. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, I totally so, see that. I'm not sure. Like, it could be a mixture of both. Yeah, and the reason... It's an Ushap... Ushabti. Ushabti. U-S-H-A-B-T-I-E. Oh. So I'm saying that wrong. Close, but wrong. Okay, the other element of this I feel that is in play is... Um, <clears throat> so, in episode one, we had Arthur Harrow say to Stephen that he is chaos, right? Did he did he do something with the staff yeah. to say that or did he just say that without reading him his thing? I can't remember if he if he read yeah, he his thing. to fate. judge him and it couldn't it Yeah, and it, and uh, it couldn't. Yeah. It wouldn't it wouldn't balance. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like that works in his favor being imprisoned in this thing whatever it is because that's probably the explanation why they're tomb they're entombed in sarcophagi and not just like free to kind of like roam the the mental health ward or whatever it is so i think i think we're gonna see a little bit more right. of like the reason why mark steven jake lockley are, are a little bit more important uh in in this as an avatar and why he sets himself aside from the rest of them that have been conchu's avatar other avatars for other gods is you know that's his advantage now is that, that he is that, chaos Ollie, um that actually like would kind of make sense if, uh, if for example, like every avatar has an unbalanced scale because of the god that lives within them, and because of that, they're incapable of, uh, like dying to Amit's power and passing on to essentially their afterlife. So they go to this purgatory instead, uh, but that does include somebody like arthur who was a previous avatar even though he didn't die uh like with having um as as an avatar he he hasn't died yet right but, but he wasn't there as a patient he was there no as exactly a but that's that's what i mean is because he's still alive but all the rest of them aren't oh so like he he's there because his scales are also imbalanced but he's there more of himself than anybody else in that <laughs> building because he's not dead. Yeah, I think I'm going to build on to something that I said during our watch party when, you know, when we saw Layla in that prison or whatever that he's in after he gets shot, I said <clears throat> that what we're not seeing is what happened after he got shot. And maybe that explains why Layla is there. So I think that there's other things that happened in the time that he basically like woke up in that afterlife and and Layla is also now trapped or whatever and, and got captured or Arthur Harrow did something. And I think I read somewhere as well that this scene... Mm. If uh, I had to guess... What? I was going to say, if I had to guess, I think she's still very much alive and Arrow, and Harrow's just captured her. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I mean, I didn't say. Did I say dead? I because how else are we going to support your theory of she's going to be the next uh, avatar for Amit if she's dead oh. and in purgatory? 
Well, I mean, is is anyone really dead? We obviously know that Moon Knight is going to break out, like Mark Spector and S Steve and maybe even Lockley are going to break out. I don't think anyone in there is permanently dead. I think they're trapped. They're imprisoned. Like, that's what I was saying with the whole statuette thing, is I think everyone is, in there... Though. Like, maybe they have to... Maybe they have to, like, find their their split after they arrive there, for example. Like, yeah, that could be a good like, theory. say Mark gets killed the first time. He arrives in this place exactly. He's trying to escape uh, and eventually finds a room with a sarcophagus where he finds Steven in there. And then both of them return to the material world um, by the aid of Khonshu. Uh, and then they now have uh, a new personality within this body to sort of um, be reattached as an avatar. And what if it's the same thing? Like, they release Lockley here, and then Lockley now is the potential to be reattached as an avatar, and that's how they come back to life with uh, Khonshu. Yeah, and Layla can find Amit and then become Amit's avatar and get out that way. I just feel like, yeah, like there's a little bit more that we don't see after he's shot. And I mean, the one thing for me is that when he got shot and killed, I believe he has the um, the statuette in his on his person. So I think that's going to have some play to it as well. Because I don't think he put yeah, it down or gave it sense. to Layla. I don't think we saw him like hand it off to Layla or anything. He yeah, just, like, we did it and then they started coming into the room. Another weird thing getting into all of this, since we're talking about life and death, is uh, an interaction that stood out to me uh, and was definitely talked about in, in numerous um, theory videos and sources, is in the very first episode when Steven shows up for work late and he's talking to that little girl. Mm -hmm. um, when he takes the gum out of the pyramid... And brings her over to like the sarcophagus and yeah. talks about the mummification process. Um, and he's like, you know, they put a hook in there and pull all your organs out except for the heart. And she's like, well, why not the heart? He's like, because the heart is what what is judged and only the worthiest uh, people are uh, can walk through the field of reeds, um, which is the Egyptian afterlife. And she says, and did it suck for you getting rejected from the field of reeds? Mm -hmm. And he says, that doesn't make sense because I'm not dead, am I? And then he goes, am I? Right. Just another thing to throw to throw in there. To, to Yeah, this is such a convoluted scene. I have like, no idea. Yeah. I got no idea anymore. Well, it's right in the beginning. It's in like the first, it's literally in the first five minutes of the episode. Um, it, I yeah. Remember, it, like, I, now that you say it, I remember the scene, but I like didn't even think about that. Well, right. Because I remember giggling at it, thinking that she just burned him, but maybe there's more to it. Right. <clears throat> like, who's this girl? Of course, we don't see her throughout the rest of the series thus far, but like, who is she to just come out and say, you know, did it suck for you getting rejected from the field of reeds? Like, that's that's fucked up. Right. Wait, first scene in this latest episode? Yeah, no, it's in episode one, like, 
five minutes, 15 seconds in. Oh, okay. It's weird that, like, it just, we so easily glossed over that, you know? I feel like that's something, like, at least for previous Marvel shows, I feel like I've retained a lot more from the beginning uh, into the end. I mean, that, like, one specific conversation, I guess, doesn't necessarily count uh, as me forgetting things, but still. I feel like that should have stuck out more than it did at the time. I mean, it stuck out to me because it was a weird thing to say. It definitely was a weird thing to say, but I, I like, I quickly discounted it as just like a, like a nod to the comics and then a little Easter egg for fans. Um, especially because like not a whole lot really happened in that first episode. So I, I just kind of defaulted to like, uh, this is probably just like, I don't know, something they threw in there for the sake of throwing in there to like tell us that he died without having to go through a whole origin. I think I was kind of reading that line as like just a delusion of his because in his in his work people were like treating him as like a freak or whatever and I was just kind of like thinking that oh mm-hmm. this is why he's seen as a freak because he's like that's hearing things. That's definitely another side of it. It's like Yeah. Yeah, that's and I really think that's the vibe I got emphasis it. on that first episode of just like the fact that he's he was an unreliable narrator because he didn't uh, have an understanding of like Mark being within his body as well. And I think that's probably why they did it uh, just to like further that idea. I'm, I'm kind of happy that they're more or less staying away from it now though. Like I, I don't think it would pan out as well if they kept to that, uh, that whole thing. And like, like Alex was saying earlier about the, the whole asylum scene where it really kind of felt like they were going for that whole, like, is it has this whole thing just been in his head? I I'm happy that they stayed away from that and kind of kept out those themes of, uh, of like his reality, not actually being anything that's truly happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It could uh, be that but there's a lot aside from that, uh, do you guys have any, Sorry, Ollie, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying that like I'm I'm sure there's more to the show that like we haven't been noticing if if we're thinking about that scene. Like w- well like when you guys were talking about like I'm sure I zoned out in episode 3 when when there was that whole thing about oh that wasn't me and you know hinting that maybe there's a third altar or whatever. Um and then I pointed out right. in our watch party that um that when they were in the tomb and Steve gave Mark um, control over the body, uh, I was like, oh, that's weird because he kind of rolled his eyes up in his head instead of kind of like fading out like they did in, in previous episodes. I think Alex said, oh, that's just because, you know, they're getting better control over sharing the body or whatever and that it doesn't require that much like effort to give them control. But I'm wondering if maybe mm-hmm. some of those times that he was, you know, blinking out like that, that maybe it was that third altar that was, like, super violent or whatever. Because he did kill, like, a bunch of people in, like, one blink of an eye in some of those scenes in, like, yeah. episode one or two, was it? Uh, I think it was one. Both, yeah. I think. Or, no, more, more so episode one, actually. Because, like, episode two, we kind of got more about 
Mark being Mark and not just like he, you know, Steven disappears for a while and somebody else is killing everything, which is more or less what episode one was. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I'm not sure. I am very much looking forward to uh, the next two episodes. And I think I'm still very much of the opinion that I'm going to have to rewatch episodes one through five right before episode six comes out just to like go back over everything. It's yeah. such, a, it's such a, a character that I'm just so unfamiliar with. That, like, I, I feel like I need to rehash this stuff more frequently to, to get a full grasp on the ending. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I was even thinking it's during this... It really depends on how they end out. Yeah, like, I was thinking even halfway through this podcast that, like, we're, I'm going to have to go back and watch the first four episodes again just to kind of remember what everything's happening and maybe see any patterns emerging. But for sure, for episode six, mm-hmm. we'll have to do that. But other than that, I got nothing. Yeah. Other than that, though, anything else you guys wanted to uh, get into with Moon Knight here? Nope. Nope. That is it for me. Cool. Uh, so, we had uh, briefly kind of talked about uh, this before um, starting to record today, but um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Warner Brothers has recently been acquired by Discovery, and uh, they have been promising some very large changes for, uh, for things like the DCEU. And I don't know about you guys, but that makes me quite hopeful just that they're you know, willing to put in the effort and get somebody who, um, who understands this, uh, like the comic book world to kind of get involved as their, uh, their like figurehead person, kind of like Kevin Feige type of... Uh, type of person for the DCEU. Um, And I have no idea who they're going to pick. I don't know who is even in the talks to be like a potential for this kind of thing. I'm sure there are some massive names being thrown around in the industry, but uh, as far as I know, um, I haven't heard too many rumors of actual um, people that are potentially involved with this. Do you guys, uh, have you guys heard about like any big names that uh, we should be looking out for in the future of the DCU? In well, in terms of well, I know they're still looking for their like. Was that Alex? Uh, it was, like I said, quiet. not anything comes to mind to me. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I th- I think they're still looking for their um, Kevin Feige, right? And. I think so far from just what I'm hearing is that there's a lot of like casting rumors or whatever, at least for, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Like there's a Constantine TV show that's supposed to star. Oh man. I already forget his name. Um, but it's not somebody that, that people would necessarily expect. Like for one thing, it's not like a blonde haired, blue eyed guy like Constantine is in the comics and that's kind of upsetting people. I mean, it's just a rumor at this point, but it's kind of like the talk of what's going on right now. Uh, but right. I mean, I like Constantine is not really a character. I, I know a whole lot about. Um, and at this point, I don't 
think I know like Matt Ryan was playing him in the CW verse. You're, uh, like, you're cutting out pretty hard right now, Ollie. It just like went completely dead. Really? Is it is it back now or is it still cutting out? Yeah, it's it's back now. Yeah, it's back now. It's oh, like, what point? For like ten seconds, just went completely silent. Nice. Okay. Um, what was the last thing you heard me say then? Um, you had said uh, Constantine is a is not being cast as like a, a blue or a blue eyed like blonde hair person, and people are upset about that. And then you said, uh, but. I think you had gone on to say something about like not knowing much about the character, but that's kind of when it cut out, so I didn't pick up. Yeah, yeah, okay. So yeah, basically the rumor is that they're casting somebody um, with a very interesting name uh, from a TV show or movies, Gang of London, Gangs of London. I I don't think I've seen that. And uh, yeah, he's just he's he's not the typical Constantine that people expect from the comics, but. As far as I know from the character, it's in live action. It's been played by Keanu Reeves or Matt Ryan more recently in the CW verse, and even outside the CW verse, Matt Ryan played Constantine in like his own TV show that didn't. I don't even think it finished the season, or they kind of ended the season early, but I, yeah, I don't remember it being more than like six or eight episodes. Um, but I'm not really married to like any actor playing him, so I'm kind of like keeping an open mind going forward. But I'm just kind of curious with like all that's going on in the DCEU and this like Warner Brothers Discovery thing, like what plans they have for DC stuff going forward. It almost seems like to me they're just kind of doing what they're doing with their animated stuff, and that it won't necessarily all tie together. They're going to make like different stories um, that are in one universe, different stories mm -hmm. that are in another universe. And that's kind of how it's going to go. <clears throat> yeah. I think, I don't think you're too far off to be honest, especially with everything that's happening with uh, this flash movie and all the speculation and rumors about um, just the material that it's going to cover. Uh, it really does seem like we're we're looking at a quite a large separation for the DCU uh, that we currently know and what they want to create from here. But I still think we're going to see both pieces of that kind of moving in unison for a little while until they decide that they're done with one or the other storyline. Um, so like you had mentioned earlier, Ollie, how uh, like Aquaman and uh one other of their films i don't remember which one you had said was almost at this point in a different timeline than what we're going to see after the events of the flash movie um and like quite simply it could be because of the flash movie or just because they want us to have a kind of disconnect where they can play around with uh with characters and storylines that they may not be able to get to without years of building uh, if they were to just go with one, like, solid universe in the way that Marvel's done it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know how I said with the MCU going forward in the future, actually, was that in a podcast, or did we just talk about that outside of it, where I was like, the way I see them maybe doing um... the multiverse, Sorry, did you say something? I don't. I don't think it was. Uh, I don't think we said this on a podcast. I, if I'm 
remembering correctly. I, I think this was just like, a, like maybe before we started recording or like we were just hanging out or something. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, my, my kind of theory with the, with the MCU multiverse, what they could do with it going forward and is not necessarily, you know, ending the whole, uh, one universe that we're following right now whether it's earth 616 or whatever um they could easily just like tangent off and do these like side shoot movies like if they wanted to do x-men they don't necessarily need to bring the x-men into this universe and explain why they haven't been around in other movies or why they suddenly are around now they could just be like oh somebody went to the other multiverse and then now we're following like that story or or whatever you know and i think maybe with the dc uh right. with the whole dceu they could maybe do something like that and that's kind of what it's sounding like they're doing with all these rumors that i'm hearing is that you know the the batgirl movie is going to have jk simmons as gordon but it's also going to have michael keaton's batman in it and uh rumor <laughs> is that batfleck is being stuck in a different timeline so maybe he swaps with keaton if that's the case and so to me, it kind of sounds like maybe they're they're kind of going that direction where each each movie is gonna have its own like lore whatever continuation to build off of so that they can introduce different characters and and hence why maybe they could keep Supergirl and uh, who's the other one that they're introducing to replace uh, Cyborg maybe was it? Uh, I can't remember, but... Uh, I Honestly, the last time I heard about Cyborg, it was more or less just, like, uh, that he was kind of being cut out. But that was also still before this acquisition happened. Well... Um, and I, I hope that they bring him back. Cyborg was easily one of the best characters in the DCU after the Snyder cut came out. And they yeah, actually, well, I, you know, I mean... developed his character. Well, I mean, Snyder cut was built like his original vision was that it was going to follow ray fisher's cyborg and like that was the story that it was going to follow and it pretty much right. did do that um from what i remember but i think i more so meant fill his shoes not like his role as cyborg um yeah so batgirl supergirl they're introducing to kind of take up the justice league that they have now and they're not really going forward with the jj abrams superman or um and then now there's talk of introducing the wonder twins which they've already cast and then there's that aqualad show that uh charlie's Theron is producing and yeah there's a lot of and then blue beetle coming out and Oh, you didn't hear about that. Yeah, that was like two or three weeks back, I think, when they announced it. But there's an Aqualand HBO Max TV show in the works uh, uh, where it's being produced by Charlize Theron. You said Aqualad? Like, yeah. Like, uh, what's his name? Cal? The, the son of Black Manta, Cal I think, is who it something. is, right? Yeah, yeah. That I, I don't remember is what his name is, but he, yeah. he's awesome. I love that guy's character. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, like in in you're talking about uh, Young Justice or whatever. Yeah, Young Justice is such a good show. But yeah, like, it is. that show is a good example of like what you're saying, Ollie, about how you think that the DCU is kind of following their uh, TV show format in a way where not everything has to be connected. 
um, but they can easily connect things because the DC multiverse is a lot more open in uh, in a lot of ways than the Marvel one is. Yeah. Um, and they, they do a lot of crossovers with different multiverses in DC, and it's just a regular occurrence. Like, it's not, it's not like a big event that has to necessarily catalyze multiversal crossovers in DC. It just kind of feels like it happens. So developing different characters at the same time, I think, is honestly not a bad thing for them to do right now. It would set them apart from Marvel <clears throat> and allow them to build their own unique stories while still holding true to like what we expect from a superhero movie yeah exactly and and they could it would also allow them to focus a little bit more on specific storylines because you know i was mentioning earlier that um the original idea between with Zack snyder's superman was that it was going to be a man of steel trilogy and i i I keep seeing Man of Tomorrow being brought up. I don't know if that was a working title for a sequel or something like that. But yeah, basically it was supposed to be a trilogy with Superman in in like the vein that was supposed to follow the hype of Christian Bale's Batman. Sorry, I'm just going to cough here. No, it's all good. Um, yeah, I mean... I would have loved to see that for sure. And maybe even if they had Batman v Superman be pushed to the third Man of Steel movie rather than the second, I think even that would have been enough to develop more of the DCEU before jumping into crossovers. Um, but they stuck too close to the Marvel formula um, for it to work out uh, by jumping right into crossover events, where I think now they've kind of put themselves in a position where they can do that reasonably without uh, breaking too much of their universe. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, it's kind of like a weird mess. I don't know. I think the DCU is too far gone to be able to make up ground in yeah. order to put themselves on the same pedestal as the MCU. With that, I agree. Their, their hope right I now think... I think we're going to see a lot of years of work before they're even remotely comparable. But I also am, I'm more so hopeful that they're planning on doing something different, like that they're going to go their own way with it. And I think right now is the, the one unique opportunity where they can go their own way with it and not be heavily criticized by movie going fans. Um, but we've already seen like what happens when they try to be too much like the MCU and it just doesn't work out. It's not the same storylines. Like we can't, we can't just rehash old stuff. And I think, I think that we can potentially see a lot of good come out of this acquisition, but until we've actually seen the flash movie, I think most of what I've said is kind of null and void. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, um, I think they should really just focus on on their one-off stories. Like what I was gonna say is, I think at this point DC's saving grace is gonna be like nailing the or hammering the nail on the head or whatever with certain IP, um, and that and the recent example being the Batman. Uh, like they need to they need to really like focus on like these one movies and like get them out and have like the quality being there and then they can start focusing on trying to salvage something like that and i think i read somewhere that matt reeves his like whole um involvement 
was contingent on there being no crossover whatsoever with like the rest of the DCEU. Like he didn't want any part of that. Like he wanted his Batman to be like okay. standalone and like not somehow involved with that other stuff. And I think like that's a good move. Right. Like just go forward with the Matt Reeves stuff and just like focus on Batman and build the world of DC with Batman and then maybe when you have some characters that you get good responses from people then you can go ahead and make standalone movies for that and then build the DCEU that way. And I can definitely get behind that. I mean, it, at this point, like, it's a very strong starting point for them to to kind of continue off this way. Um, and even if, like you're saying, they're just intending to uh, introduce smaller characters or nod at other characters through uh, Matt Reeves' universe, but still have it be completely disconnected, it still builds interest. And as far as I'm concerned, that's more or less what the DCU is lacking right now. It's just nobody is interested to see these origin stories rehashed again and the potential of them to continue to not be anything special. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it'll be obviously like we've all seen the Batman. We've talked about it for like three episodes on the yeah, podcast. So you guys know that we fucking love that movie and are very excited for uh for a continuation of that franchise. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm gonna be watching all of the shows attached, like Catwoman and the Penguin, and even the new animated series that's gonna be coming out in like two years. I'm gonna be watching all of it. See I'll give everything a try. I don't like I don't know if it if it looks good i might but the only one i'm really interested in right now is the arkham asylum spin-off that they're gonna do because that's where they're gonna introduce like the whole rogues gallery what and everything like that the... it's a show it's like the arkham knight show you mean no no that's cw there's an hbo max arkham asylum show spinning off of matt reeves batman It got oh, announced. Okay. Yeah, I brought Is this that a up. New in... announcement as well, because I thought it was just like the Penguin show, the Catwoman show, and then uh, an animated Batman show that's gonna come out in a couple years. I thought that was all that they. Announced. I actually, I actually haven't heard anything about an animated Batman, but I heard that the third spinoff live action was supposed to be a GCPD show, but considering that they already had a Gotham TV show oh, that pretty okay. much centered around that, they scrapped the idea. I don't know if it was fully for that reason, but they scrapped that show and instead are going to go ahead with an Arkham Asylum-centered show where they're going to introduce the rogues gallery and where they say that... I believe in an interview they said that you're likely to see... Um, what's his name? Barry Keahan's Joker? Am I getting that name right? Oh, Barry... Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. but like Yeah, it's Irish. I'm sure no yeah, one's pronouncing either. it right. Um, but... Yeah, I would. Uh, I would be very willing to to watch that. Honestly, yeah. I guess a, a, another show about the GCPD, I would be a lot more on the fence about. It just doesn't intrigue me, and especially like, you know, we're in a setting like Gotham, but we're following the police that we know are like ridiculously corrupt and all that. Like, it's just not. That's not overly interesting to me. You yeah, have to see it from an outside perspective to get the full picture on. Well, not to mention that police that's why procedurals I think Batman fits so well in the Matt Reeves universe with like uh, just showing that like he sees 
how corrupt they are from within. But if we are witnessing all of this from Gordon's perspective, we may not see it the same way. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, like, we're already so saturated with police procedurals on TV that, like, another police-centered TV show is not going to interest me. Not to mention, if there's any level of, like, detectiveness involved in that show, like, that's not where I want to see it. I want to see it with Batman, because that's where the whole detective noir feel comes from. And a spin-off show on that isn't going to, isn't going to sell tickets, you know? Like... That's just not the place I want to go. But an Arkham Asylum I totally show agree with you. that goes with like mental, um, like or psychiatric horror or something like that. Like that's where I'd be kind of interested. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, any closing thoughts yeah. on uh, on the uh, Discovery acquisition here? It's not a not a ton to speak about, just more like rumors than anything. Yeah, um, and, I you know, just potential. hope that they uh, do it justice. <laughs> Me too, man. Yeah, I I think I agree with what Alex said yes, earlier, sir. where they're kind of like too far gone with DC, and like at this point, they just need to like pick their battles and. And if they want to bring back and revitalize Superman or something like that, like, good good luck to you because there's already been like six iterations of it, and like <laughs> none of them have been as critically acclaimed as Batman has. So, mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see what they come out with. Yeah. Definitely. Well, anything else on anything else? No, nope. that's, uh, that's it for me. Yeah, I'm good. All right. Well, I guess we'll uh, we'll call her here. Um, shout out section, of course. Uh, let's switch it up. Shout outs to the boys over at Nerd Talk Plus. Go check out their fucking show. It's awesome. Um, they're like us, but American. Um, and they talk about way more than I think we'll ever talk about. Like, we're not really going to sit down and talk about anime and all that stuff. It's not, uh, I'm definitely not a subject I am well versed in. Um, so they're like, they're like proper nerds. We're like specific kind (laughs) of snooty nerds. Yeah. We're, we're elitist nerds. (laughs) We're, we're elitist nerds. Um, (laughs) Nerd nerdists? Is that what nerd nerdliness? <laughs> I think that's already oh, trademarked. Probably. Oh, I'm not saying. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Shout outs to those guys, whoever they may be, <laughs> fans of the show. Um, yeah, but Nerd Talk Plus. Go, go, go! Check out Javier and the and the boys over there. Uh, Shout outs to Matt the Rat, of course, over at Rat House Productions. He's our producer, puts our material out. Um, you could find other stuff over at rathouse.net. It's uh there's like, I don't know, six, seven other podcasts on there. So that's pretty cool. Um shout out to Joey over at Blind Knowledge. He's like our star promoter. He puts our work out and gets us 
ad gigs like we had at the top of the show. And uh, yeah, shout out to you, man. Making uh, making the dream happen. Yes, sir. Uh, Ryan, people want to find you on the internet. Where can they find you? You guys can find me on Instagram and Twitch at Synthetic7S. Uh, make sure to uh, turn on those notifications for Twitch so you guys don't miss any of those watch parties that we're going to be doing every Wednesday. Um, and hopefully, once Moon Knight ends, we might just continue them into stuff like the Kenobi show releases. But we'll see you from there. Definitely stop by the chat. Let me know what you guys think. Um, and yeah, follow the Instagram. Ollie, people want to find you? Uh, on Instagram at oliver.hruiz or wherever you can find Ryan. What was it? That was like, that was at least a 20 second delay, right? That's so delayed. <laughs> 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 it was more like, it, no, it was more, it was more like three because I was watching the clock when I, <laughs> when yeah, okay. I, I was, was, was like, going to say, oh, you, I, so long. I said it and you guys responded almost immediately that it was a delay. So was that, I, that didn't really sound like a delay. It was on our end. It, it was on our end. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that sucks. You uh, responding was super delayed, but it's okay. <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> if you find folks out there want to find me on the internet, you can on Twitter and Instagram on Instagram at Snurvin on twitter at the real snurvin no real story there i just kind of i fucking forgot the password to the last twitter i had which was at snurfin i would have had at snurfin for both <laughs> and i had to i had to create a new one and and make it lame you can't at just the real snurfin that's a lame name but i have to say that i'm that i'm the realest one i'm the real one Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. The other guy's just a poser. Wow, what a jerk. Formerly an A. The other guy oh. is also <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you can find the podcast also at Nerdy Nomicron on both the Instagram and the Twitter. That's it, right? Did I do, did I do that right? Yeah, sure. As yeah. All the uh, shout outs we had. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I just want to make sure I'm not forgetting nothing. I just smoked some more of that caramel stuff, so I'm a little, oh, yeah. uh, a little all over the place. Uh yeah. That that's the end of the show. Enjoy the all right. outro music as Thanks. always. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Peace. Peace. <laughs>